Yo, this is Pastor Tito here welcoming you to another episode of My Revolutionary Podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And today we are going to begin a new series on how not to follow through or probably one of the things that keeps us from following through in our faith and that is hypocrisy. So we're doing a new series called Bad Religion When Christianity Goes Wrong. Now we're going to look at the many different faces of hypocrisy over the next couple weeks, but the one face that you need to come to or need to come face to face with is yourself all right so we're gonna start this series with you so here we go today guys as we are presenting ourselves to God I want to also present this God to you as we're gonna talk about and get to know this God better and so we are doing a new series starting today called bad religion which to me I think is an interesting little one to follow Easter Last week, we talked about all the good, right, that God has done, all the good that he wants to do, desires to do in our lives. And, you know, that's, that's amazing. That's what Easter's all about. It's all about the good. And so, but what I want to do moving forward, though, is to let's highlight the one thing, highlight one thing that can kill the good work of God quickly, and that's hypocrisy. All right, hypocrisy can take the very good thing that is what we have in the Christian faith and make it go bad very fast. All right, and I know this one's going to be an interesting little topic because this is a good thing for us. Like even what I was just mentioning to my friends there about parenting and all that stuff. It it takes a lot of honesty. It takes a lot of honest questioning. I'm being honest and real with you. But hypocrisy, man, that, that ruins things fast. In fact, it's probably the number one reason Why some of you are probably logging on for the first time, maybe here for the first time, or maybe it's the first time in a long time, and the reason why you haven't is because of that, because I know I'm not the only one who has either heard someone or say this very thing. Online, I need you to give me a thumbs up, say, yep, that's me, y'all right here, I can see you, so raise your hands. Who has ever heard or said this very phrase? I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Raise your hand if you've heard or said that. Be honest. See, I've given you both. So if you've said it, I don't know if you've said it or not. It's okay. All right? Who's heard it? I don't go to church because it's full of what? Hypocrites, right? And who likes a hypocrite? Who likes somebody who says one thing and does another? And I'll be real with you, and I'm going list to listening to that concern, and I'm going to say, all right, I agree with you. Yeah, there's, there's hypocrites in church. Of course, there's hypocrites in church. There's going to be people who say they believe and then they don't. They, they say one thing yet do another. Oh, yeah, uh, I know a lot of them. Okay, I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them. I see you online. Don't hide. I can see you behind the camera. I know some of y'all are watching. There's a lot of them. I know. It's for church, yeah, church has its hypocrites who are inconsistent in the way they do things or try to pretend they got it all together, but they don't. Yeah, all right. But then why, though? Why would that cause any of you to not want to come to church because it's full of hypocrites. I mean, that doesn't stop you from engaging in life. Because is, is church the only place where there are hypocrites, guys? Yes or no? I mean, some of you guys have some hip, very hypocritical parents, and you still live with them. Yet that doesn't stop you from eating that groceries that your hip, those hypocrites pay for. It doesn't stop you from enjoying the electricity that those hypocritical parents are paying for, right? The room and board that they pay. That doesn't stop you, does it? So what does that make? You. Some of you guys, man, listen, let's be real. Some of you guys, all right, you guys have politicians that you give your vote to and you never.
know they're a hypocrite, but it don't stop you from voting, does it? doesn't stop you from repping that party when you know that party got hypocrites too, right? Some man, there are some companies that are run by hypocrites, but it doesn't stop you from spending money. There are some musicians and artists and actors out there that, man, you know they're hypocrites, yet it doesn't stop you from, you know, getting that, uh, listening to that, that song on Spotify, right, or renting that video. One more? You guys want one more? Okay. You guys got hypocrites at your job? Anybody got a boss who's a hypocrite? Listen, man, your job is full of hypocrites too, but it don't stop you from cashing that check though, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't stop you from cashing that check though, there's hypocrites there. So why approach a different standard to here? I will agree with you. There are hypocrites in church. Yeah, and I'm glad if they're going to be anywhere, I'm glad they're here, if anything, in hopes that they won't, in hopes that they learn. But I will disagree with one statement. Uh, The church is not full of hypocrites. It's not full of hypocrites. Oh, we got plenty of room for more. All right. We got room for more, including you, including you, including you. There's plenty of room for more. But the way, though, but obviously we don't want to stay there and we're not excusing that because I said a minute ago that hypocrisy before God is the one thing that can kill the good thing that he wants to do in your life quicker than anything else. Because the only remedy for hypocrisy is honesty. Right? That's the opposite. Hypocrisy, the opposite for it is honesty. And we're going to read a text where God was brutally honest with his people in order to help them hopefully turn around so that he can continue to do a good work in them and turn a bad situation into a good one. So we're going to read out of the book of Amos. Listen, this is a book that, you know, it don't get a lot of, it don't get a lot of attention. And so let's look at Amos. I don't know when the last time you heard a sermon on Amos. And so kind of like famous Amos, same guy, I, not the cookies, but whatever. And so we're going to read a text, chapter five. If you have your Bibles, if not, I got you. We're going to put it on the screen. We're going to read verses 10 through 24. And now Amos, I just want you to know something about this guy. He's not, a, this guy wasn't a, you know, a cookie maker. He wasn't a baker. He was a farmer. And a shepherd. This guy had two jobs because I don't know if he was not good at either one of them or he was that poor that he needed those two jobs. So if anybody who knows, has anybody here had to lock down two multiple jobs before? Y'all know the struggle, right? Y'all know it's real, right? And so this is Amos. Amos was a, comes from a no-name town, a backwater town from a no-name family. Poor dude. He's a nobody in the society. And yet he acts as a prophet. God meets this no name, well, no name, we so we know his name. He meets this no one, this nobody, and he gives them this message to be able to relate to his people because his people have already plugged their ears towards God and they're not listening anymore. And that's what in the Old Testament God would do. God would encounter someone, meet with somebody, and that person would then relay a message. So that these people can understand. And what's interesting is that Amos' name is Burden Bearer. He had a burden on his heart. And he could not remain silent. He could not remain still. And he traveled from his hometown all the way to the nation of Israel to be able to deliver this message. And let me tell you guys, it wasn't an easy one. And the book of Amos is actually a collection of what he was saying for a span of a couple of years. And we're going to read chapter 5, verses 10, just to give you one context, because this context is important. This message is being received. It's kind of like a doomsday message, but this message is being received at a very awkward time because in Israel around this time, 700 or so BC, yo, everything is looking good. The stock market is blowing up, right? The, the, The housing market is amazing, 
right? There's, there is peace in the land. I mean, it is political and economic highs. It is going awesome. But at the same time, there was a lot of things underneath that God was like, no, but I, here's what's really happening, and this is what's going to undo all of this. And you guys are pretending that this isn't a problem. You're being hypocritical in your actions, and I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you understand. And guys, this is a very key thing for us as we move forward. Just because things are going good in your life does not mean that you're good with God. I'm going to say that one again. Because they thought that. They thought that, whoa, hold on. Guys, we're doing all of this and uh, things are going even better than what the word. They literally believe God's happy with us. Look, it's proof. Look at everything he's given us. Listen, blessings are not a sign that you are good with God. It's not. you got to be careful. Because that's probably as good as it's going to get. And it's nothing compared to what he wants to do in you. So here's this, this message. And we're going to relay Amos to you today. So in verse 4, he says, God is saying, seek me and live. And I'm going to skip down to verse 10. Here we go. God is making this declaration. They, really the people, the they, is the, he's talking to them. They hate the ones who convict the guilty at the city gates. They despise the one who speaks with integrity. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and exact a grain tax from him, you will never live in the houses of cut stone that you have built. You will never drink the wine from the lush vineyards that you have planted. For I know your crimes are many and your sins innumerable. They, really meaning you, oppress the righteous and take a bribe and deprive the poor of justice at the city gates. Therefore, those who have insight will keep silent at such a time, for the days are evil. Pursue evil and not pursue good and not evil, so that you may live. And the Lord, the God of armies, will be with you as you have claimed. Hate evil and love good. Establish justice in the city gates. Perhaps the Lord, the God of armies, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. So therefore, the Lord, third time, the God of armies. Look how he's introducing himself over and over again. He says, there will be wailing in the public squares, and they will cry out in anguish into the streets. The farmer will be called on to mourn, and the professional mourners to wail. There will be wailing in all the vineyards, for I will pass among you, the Lord has spoken. Oh, woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. What will the day of the Lord be for you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be like a man, look at the scenario, who flees from a lion. It will be like a man who's being chased by a lion, only then to be confronted by a bear. But then he goes home to rest his hand against the wall, only to have a snake bite him. That's crazy. Won't the day of the Lord be darkness and rather than light? Even gloom without any brightness in it. I hate. Yo, when God says something I hate, listen. I despise your feasts i can't stand the stench of the solemn assemblies i can't stand when you guys meet in church even if you offer me your burnt offerings and your grain offerings i don't care the offerings you give me i will not accept them i have no regard for your fellowship offerings or fatted caps take away from me listen to this one the noise of your songs i will not listen to the music of your harps but let justice and righteousness flow like water and like an unfailing stream. So 
This is the time when some of you guys were like, out of all days to share this YouTube link and Facebook link and invite somebody to church. Some of y'all, I'm, I mean, I'm be real. Some of y'all peed a little bit, right? You're just a little nervous. Like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Listen, don't worry about it. It's going to get better. All right. So hang in there now. But this was real though, right? God has to be brutally honest with these people because these people don't want to see it. And I know you know that feeling. I know you know that feeling when God, there's just some people, you want to talk to them about whatever, and they just refuse to acknowledge what's blatantly happening right in front of them, right? Anybody know that feeling? That's a frustrating feeling. That's a frustrating feeling to know that it's like, I don't know how to get in your head. And so God is trying to talk to them and help them know and see God's issue with his people. And this is his people. Is this is that they are giving him lip service, but not life service. That's the problem. They're giving him lip service. They're saying everything that they're supposed to say. They're going to the temple once a week. They're doing what we're doing. They're saying the prayers. They're saying their amens. They're bringing their offerings. They're singing the songs. They're saying their amens when the the rabbi or whoever at this point, the priest, would lay the scroll out and say, yo, that's some fire right there. That's some heat. Let's go. Bring it. They they would do that. And I'm like, yep, I agree. I agree. I agree. And they would give God lip service. But when the service was over, they clocked out. That's it. All right, God, I gave you what you needed. So there you go, man. That's just a little thank you. It's, it's like they're tipping God for all the stuff that he was giving them. I was like, all right, we go, right? All right, I'll see you next week. Go. I'll see you next week. And they took off. And then they would do the same thing in another temple to a false demonic God. The very gods that God had said, the no, I mean, these guys have given nothing to you. They've done nothing. And that they would go and give God that lip service. They would give these gods lip service who have done nothing for them. And could, could you see why God would say that? Why he would be so bothered? Because I'm going to be real. So would you? Would you put up with that? Would you put up with a friend that always got you that good gift for your birthday, who always came in clutch when you needed him, right? Always came with that Christmas gift that was like, man, they, they never miss. They never miss. And they always are there listening to you, encouraging you. But then they turn around and then go talk smack about you behind your back to somebody else. Are you going to put up with that if you knew? If, would you, of course not. Even in a relationship, Let's say, you got your, let's say you got your boy, you got your man, he constantly be giving you the gifts and does everything, says everything you want to hear, says everything, you and even does some stuff for you. But then he'll go and, and play that same line and give that same game to some other girl or, you know, vice versa. Would you put up with that? Of course not. You'd be furious, right? You'd be furious. I'm like, whoa, wait, I, th- I thought... I thought we were exclusive. I thought you meant it because if you meant it, why are you just kind of, you know, out here just giving yourself away, all right, left and right? What's going on? Of course, you and I would be bothered. So, of course, God is bothered. And it bothers him because you see the hurt that is happening. That I mean, what was bothering him was not just that they were giving God lip service, literally lying. They're singing songs, how grateful we are, but no. No, they didn't mean it. They didn't mean it. And then they would go... And take advantage of one another, oppress each other. You got the rich battling against the rich, literally outdoing each other. There's a power struggle between the rich mistreating the rich and then the, the, the rich mistreating the poor. I mean, it's a whole mess. It's a whole big mess there. Of course God is bothered. And listen, you guys need to understand the same thing. Some of, some of us are here, and I know I've done this too, but God does not want lip service from you. He doesn't want your lip service, man. He wants your life. I love A.W. Tozer says this. Listen, we cannot pray in love and live in hate. You can't pray in love and live in hate and spite and think you're still worshiping God. 
No, sir. I love it. My, my, my man said, no, sir. Uh-uh, it don't work that way. You can't say one thing and claim Christ on Sunday, and then you're going to go mistreat your brother on Monday. Doesn't work that way. And you can't claim like everything is all right. You can't claim that this is right when out here looking ugly. That, I mean, God sees it. It bothers him. It doesn't just bother him, but it's, it's, there's damage happening in you, man. He doesn't want that. He doesn't like that. And he knows it's just destructive for us. He doesn't want us to play games. He doesn't want us to play games. He doesn't want us to treat church or his people like an event that we attend, but a community to belong to. That's what he gives us. That's what we do. But if we give ourselves to so many other things, it's not going to work the same. And so what does he tell them, man? He says, seek me and live. You're just seeking after everything, trying to live, and you're not. And it's not going to last. He tells them, look, yeah, all those houses of stone that you're building. By the way, most, most houses back then were made of stone. They were made of, like, mud and stuff. So when he says houses of stone, but he's talking about some nice things. When he says, the, oh, the, vine, the, the wine from the vineyards you're planting, y'all ain't going to drink from it. It's like you're giving yourself to things that, are, that they promise to fulfill you, but it, you're not going to make it. It won't last. It's a lie. It's a lie, and you're giving yourself up to this lie. No, seek me and live. It says, me. When he says seek, pursue good, not evil, he is the good. That's why I wanted to read verse 4. He's really saying, guys, it's over here, me, the target. Let it be me. And when you seek me, you're going to live. When you seek me, justice and righteousness will flow. Will flow like a river. By the way, that sounds familiar, right? Uh, that's where Martin Luther King quoted that in that verse in his I Have a Dream speech. But let me tell you. Okay, that right there is, you know, a river, you know, here in Florida, we have tons of rivers, right? And some of us have swam in rivers before. Listen, doesn't a river, a river for me to be a river must be fed from a source, right? It must be fed from a source. And uh, doesn't a river have to move? A river has flow to it, right? A, a river that doesn't have flow is what? It's a creek. It's a lake, right? It's uh, water that is stagnant. It's, it's not the same. No, a river is alive. A river, a river is flowing. And a river has a source that is producing and filling that up. God is saying, I am the source to that river. I am the source. Seek me and you will see and live out justice and righteousness, which I love defining words. Because, see, in our culture today, man, there's so many. Everybody has their own definitions. Tell me right now, you, you, there's some people who use the word justice, but what they really want is vengeance. Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Okay, vengeance isn't justice, guys. Vengeance isn't justice at all. Vengeance goes beyond justice and in actually can produce an injustice. Okay? So what, when God says let justice and righteousness flow, what does that mean? See, righteousness has everything to do with a state of being. Justice has everything to do with a state of doing. When he says let justice and righteousness flow, you got to look. There's that sense of being that influences the doing. Justice is an act that, in, that actually corrects an injustice, but an injustice according to God, right? And that's where the righteousness comes from. Righteousness is the right way. It is right standing. And a righteousness actually speaks of a relationship. Being in a right standing relationship with someone despite differences. And so obviously the relationships between the powerful and each other and the powerful and the weak and the rich and the poor, up and down, all over the place. There's no righteousness. There is no right standing in those relationships. 
because God is not the source. These other demonic gods are. They themselves are. They are going to all these gods saying, here, I'm going to give you, now give me. They are lords of their own lives. And that's what's happening here, and that's, what the, that's why they can't get this right. They're committing acts of injustice over and over again because the source is unrighteousness. It's not God. It has to flow. And, there's, and they are not righteous between them and God. They are not in right standing with God. They're pretending. They're pretending. They're, they're thinking everything is fine. And let's be real, because we were talking about hypocrites, right? And that's the theme of the trying. They're being very hypocritical because they're saying one thing, and if they really believed it, they'd be living different. Yo, we, listen, we've all, none of us, none of us here can claim I've never been hypocritical at one point, right? All of us. And if you think about it, hypo, being a hypocrite is pretending, it's what it is. It's pretending something. G.K. Chesterton once said, hypocrisy is the attempt to remedy a mistake without admitting it. Hypocrisy is trying to fix a problem that you actually are admitting doesn't exist. Right? I've done that. We've done that. How many of us have ever said something to somebody and you know you went too far as a parent, you said something to one of your kids, and you know you went too far and you hurt their feelings. You said something to your spouse, you said something to a friend, girlfriend, or whatever, right? You said some, something to your parents, and you know you went too far. But you're like, instead of owning up to it and saying, listen, can we talk about what just happened? Look, I'm sorry, I went too far, my bad, I, I didn't mean it, or maybe I did, but I was wrong, I, I don't mean it anymore. Instead of admitting it, what do we do? Let's just kind of pretend like I didn't say that. And let's just, hey, so uh, how you doing today? Right? In, instead of just doing the awkward thing, which feels hard, and admitting I did it, what do we do? We pretend nothing happened. That's being hypocritical, right? That's being hypocritical that you're trying to fix something that you're admitting didn't happen. Of, of course, you, you can't fix a problem that you can't admit exists or doesn't exist it doesn't get any better that way it doesn't get better that way and you know what this is this is the crazy thing about us that we think oh it's harder to be honest it's harder no it's not guys let's be real it's exhausting to pretend isn't it it's exhausting to pretend you're okay when things are not okay isn't it exhausting that's the harder thing to do to pretend that everything is fine when you know it's not that, that's exhausting to pretend, like, oh, let's just kind of keep going. And so, No, it weighs on us. It's exhausting to pretend. And God is tired of the pretending too. And so he's saying, no, don't do that. Because since I'm not the source, injustice and unrighteousness is what is flowing. Did you guys catch? Amos said, the good remains silent. Good people are doing nothing. Which is the worst thing now when good people remain silent, forget it. Now you got a situation. But why are the good people quiet? Because they're like, what, what can we do? What, what, what can I say? Who am I? Right? How can we get this any better? This, they're in a desperate situation. That's why God actually, we didn't read this, but in verse 4 in the previous chapter, chapter 12, you know what God says to these people? He says, prepare to meet your God. Oh, you think you meet me every single Sabbath? Oh, you, you think you meet me in the temple? You think you know me? Oh, no. Prepare. Get ready. Put on your big boy pants. Oh, no, I'm going to show you who I am. And how did he introduce himself? He said, prepare to meet your God. And how did he introduce himself those three times in just those little verses? The God of what? Type it online. What is it? The God of armies. 
The God of armies. This is the God of all gods. This is the God. This is a general. This is a mighty warrior. This is a God that can put all these other gods, put them on their necks without even flinching. This is, he said, prepare to meet your God, the God of armies, a warrior God. This is who I am. A God that, listen, fights for us. He fights for us. But then he will fight against us if that's the side that we place ourselves in. And that's the thing that he's trying to help them. As they listen, my fight is not with you. I'm not trying to, but if you want the smoke, I'm going to give it to you. But my fight is not with you. I don't want, this is not the way. Just move, move, come to me, get out of the way and let me fix it. Let me do it. Get out, but you remain. And he's trying to help them. He's trying to help them to see that very thing. And um, by the way, I know this one's maybe for some of us and we're, you know, because we're sensitive to the times. And obviously, there's none of us here that love to see injustice. We all hate it. We all do. We, We get, how many of us have ever been, I'm just sick and tired of it being this way. Anybody? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of seeing this. I'm sick of seeing this abuse. I'm sick of seeing this. I'm sick of seeing people. I'm sick of seeing people that are supposed to help and then they're not. I'm sick of it. That's always God. And he wants to and is going to do something about it. But this is an important thing is that he wanted to help them understand uh, this day of the Lord you guys are looking forward to. Be careful because Israel, this nation was like, he was looking at all the other nations and like, y'all going to get it. Y'all wait till God shows up. Y'all going to get. I know I'm not the only one. I know I got kids. They do it all the time. Right. When they just wait to snitch and Boom, daddy, get them, right? And so they do that, right? We just wait. It was like, oh, you're going to get it. Just wait. You're going to get it. And so Israel thought that the day of the Lord, that they were good. They were Gucci. They were going to coast the rest of their life. And they didn't have to worry about it because they're descendants of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They got the DNA. So it's like they don't even got to try. They don't even got to try. And Amos, when Amos shows up, and at the very beginning of the book, he, he actually starts naming the nations and says, uh, these nations surrounded Israel. And he highlights them. It's like, listen, God's going to come after you guys because he needs to, because of the injustice that you're doing. Listen, God hates sin because sin hurts people, and God loves people. And if that's going to be the game to play, then look, he gives us patience. He gives us time. But then he's a just God. He has to address it. And so Amos lists these nations. And then the next round of nations, he's kind of like drawing a circle. And it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter until the last one is Israel. And he says, oh, by the way, Israel, you on the list too. Wait, what? That was shocking for them to hear that. It was like saying, don't think that you're going to get out of this just because you hold that name because you pretend in the game. Listen, Jesus said the same thing. There's going to be people who are going to stand before God. And Jesus said, oh, Jesus, look what we did for you. Look what we did for you. I'm like, uh, you're, you're not on the list, man. You're not on the list. See, these guys were, under, and, and I love that scenario, right? It's like, look, you're going to escape all of the craziness of this life, right? Oh, my gosh, you're getting chased by a lion, chased by a bear. That sounds like a bad dream. Anybody had one of those, right? You just kind of like zooming in and out of stuff, right? You have one of those dreams that you, you think you fall and you wake up, you know, like you think you fell off the bed. I hate those. Yeah, okay, I hate those dreams or those nightmares. And so it just feels so real. Oh, man, and so it's like, it's like you escape a nightmare only to wake up and boom, there's something, you know, the house collapses on you or something like that. It's like saying, listen, no, this is the reality, guys. Be careful that I don't want this for you. Oh, and by the way, the poor were on this rich, the, the poor were on this list too. 
I know it sounded like, wait a minute, it sounded like God had an issue with the, with the power elite, you know, with, with the rich people. And the poor are the victims? Of course, yeah, the poor were the victims. But you know what the, the poor were doing too? The poor were, they had resentment and hatred towards those who oppressed them. They didn't want justice, they wanted vengeance. Their hearts were turned to. Injustice and unrighteousness was all over. That's why God said your crimes are many, guys. It's a lot. It's, it's more than what you think. And so prepare to meet this God, the God of your armies. But see, God's not coming at him like, all right, buckle up, get ready. You wanted it. I'm a, uh, you're going to catch some hands right now. That's not what God is necessarily saying because at the end, well, he is, but at the end of the, the, the book, he actually says, but there's hope. Amos says there's hope. God, because the people have broken a covenant with God, God says, listen, I'm a just God, so I have to bring judgment on this. But understand, though, that I'm going to create a new promise, a new covenant, a new people, and that one is going to be forever. Listen, God is a just God. I said a minute ago, none of you, none of you would put up with hypocritical people, right? Maybe you try, and then eventually you get tired of it, right? Because oh, this guy, he swears, he, he thinks he's a... I'm done, right? These people are like leeches, right? They just drain people, you know, they just drain life from you. We don't put up with that. Well, listen, at the same way, God can't put up with these things too. And so you may think, well, I think God is making too much of a big deal, right? I think God's making too much of a big deal. It's not that bad, right? It's not that bad. Well, come on now. Look, if, if, if we were, if we had somebody, let's say a model citizen who, man, this person was a, I mean, a pillar in the community. I mean, their life and the money and the, the, the philanthropy and all that they were giving were, were, man, they made a town, right? That there's people going to college because of their donations, right? The, the, the city is better because of their life. But let's say this person just has and snaps, right? Goes and robs a bank and kills two tellers along the way. Will a judge look at that person and say, listen, you have a lifetime of good, a lifetime of good. I think that lifetime of good can, uh, I think it can outweigh that one bad day. What would you say to a judge that would let that guy go? That's an unjust judge, right? Because it doesn't matter the lifetime of good. If you committed a crime, you committed a crime, right? And so that's what would happen here. And so that is the same with us. Same thing. God would have to judge that because God is a good judge. But see, this is the beautiful thing about this God of armies. See, this God of armies fights for us. We fight against him. We fight to listen. We fight to know. It's like, I know when I was a kid, when I was swimming in a pool, I used to, I don't know why, this is kid stuff. All right, I used to take a, like a beach ball, right, and shove it down, try to sit on it and try to balance it. I mean, I'm weird, so I'm not bad if I'm the only one. I'm exposing myself now. But I used to take a beach ball, right, shove it down and try to sit on it or try to really stand on it, right, and, whoop, and then you fall off, right? And so, but that beach ball, I'm pushing it down, but what makes it difficult is that the beach ball wants to come back up, right? It's fighting me. Well, that's God. God is going to be known. God is going to rise up. God is going to be known. And there's too many of us that want to suppress the truth like that. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to. But eventually God's going to pop up and we're going to get to see him and meet him face to face. We are. And it matters and it matters. And so God is fighting. Yes, he's fighting against us, but he's fighting for us. And we see it with what Jesus did, because if I know God was telling them, hey, let justice and righteousness flow. Listen, if God would let justice and righteousness flow, that river would sweep all of us up. Me too. If God let justice and righteousness flow, we would all get swooped up with that tsunami. 
we would. But how can justice and righteousness flow today without taking us out? Because of what happened to Jesus on the cross. See, justice and righteousness flows because the blood of Jesus flowed one day over 2,000 years ago. And Jesus, Jesus, a righteous person, took the punishment of our crimes, which are more than you can ever think or imagine. He took it all on himself and justice was executed that day. And that is why the guilty can go free if we claim and call on Jesus, no matter, no matter what we've done, no matter if we've, how well we've followed or if we've come back, fallen and been inconsistent and we come back. No, that's what we have with God. See, Jesus was the greater Amos. Amos means burden bearer. Jesus took the burden of our sin on the cross. He is our burden bearer. He wants to take the burden off of you and onto himself. That's what he wants to do because let's be real, we are all. How many of us are just tired of pretending everything's okay when it's not? Pretending like, I don't know how to fix that, so I'm just going to pretend it's not even there. That's being hypocritical, right? I know you guys have wounds. We all do. And we don't know how to approach that. We don't know how this wound can be fixed or how the, and we don't know. And because we don't know, we try to pretend it's not there. That's not how it gets fixed. That's not how it happens like that. But Jesus, he is the Amos. He's the greater Amos that, bird, that bore our burdens. He was the good, that shepherd, like Amos was a shepherd, that traveled from one town to another to bring a message of actual hope. And that's who Jesus was, the great shepherd who left the throne room of God to come here to this earth to help us. And guys, I want you to look at this amazing thing where God tells the nation, seek me and live, but they could not, I mean, they easily could recognize God was the one that was seeking them first. He sent this man, Amos, to seek after a people who did not want to seek after God. God sought them. Guys, listen, you don't find God. God finds you. You don't find God. You can't go looking for him. He looks for you. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to seek and save the lost so that the lost can seek me and live. He comes after us. He sought us. He seeks us today. And then when that day of the Lord pops up, guys, which by the way, that ancient Old Testament day of the Lord, that's the last day when things are going to be all made right. We don't have to fear that day because we will meet God that day as our father, not as a judge. If we meet with God in these days, we don't have to fear meeting him then. And so guys, listen, in the same Amos and was relaying a message, I'm going to relay it to us and this is for me too. We got to remember this. We got to remember this. That the bottom line is this. Listen, if you live a lie, you're just going to, you're going to die. If you live a lie, you're going to die. Or you can die to that lie and live. That's it. If you live, if you live a lie, and again, the lie is, yeah, I got a situation, but I don't know how to fix this. So I'm going to pretend it doesn't, it's not there. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. I know I've done wrong, and, and I know I've done somebody else wrong, but you know what? Yo, they low-key deserve it, though. All right. They, they deserve that. They deserve that. Okay, so you deserve something, too, though. And so if you live this lie, you're going to die in that lie. And even for us as believers, let me stop because I'm not talking to non-Christians here. So again, just like Israel, right? He was like, all my non-Christian friends, I hope you're listening. Be quiet. I'm talking to you too. Listen, because there's so many Christians out there that want to say, oh, you know, 
this, this ain't that bad, right? This is just, it's just a little side thing I got. It's a little side thing I do. And you start to justify. Again, you giving yourself to God on Sunday, but what God are you giving yourself to on Monday? Sunday night. The God of idolatry, right? The, the God of whatever, fill in the blank. You surrender to these gods. We all have and we've all done. And so you can't play this game thinking you're all right because you showed up today. It doesn't work that way. It's bigger than that. God doesn't want your lip service. He wants your life and he gave his life. This is a trade. He says, I'll trade you my life for you. That's, that's an unfair trade, man. We're, God's the one really losing. If you think about it, we're gaining. What, what is our life to him? It means more than you think. It means more than you think. So if you live this lie, I don't need Jesus. I don't need God. Forget them. I don't need him. I don't need that. If you buy a lie of the enemy that you can follow God and make justifications and excuses for all this stuff, you're going to die in that sin. The joy of the Lord is going to die. The peace that God gives you and I offer you, that's going to die. Or you can die to that lie and live. That's it. And I'm not telling you to get it perfect, guys. No, it's not. No, I'm not telling you to get it perfect. I'm just telling you to recognize what's real and be honest with yourself. Listen, I know I've had, I don't know if you guys have been wondering why I had this bag of chips up this whole time. Not because I was going to get hungry later, but listen, have you guys ever seen an advertisement on like a bag of chips, some of this that says, no grams of trans fat. Anybody ever heard of one of those, right? No grams of trans fat. They're not lying. But when you see the no grams of trans fat, you think there's no trans fat. But when you look at the ingredients, oh, there's some trans fat there. It's there and it's blatant. It's just not grams. It's like a 0.2, 0.5 of a gram. But they can get away with that. It's like, hey, there's no trans, grams of trans fat. But there is. It's small, but it, it exists. That's the reality, guys. Listen, you can be like, hey, look, I'm good. I ain't got nothing wrong. I ain't got nothing. No. Even if it's a little. Again, I told you, there's not one of us here who have not tried to pretend. That's called, you, that's called a hypocrite. If you've pretended that things are good with you and somebody else, because you don't want to admit it, so you rather think, I'm just going to pretend it's good rather than actually fixing it. That's, that's being a hypocrite. You've ever tried to put on a face and try to just, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, but you're lying to yourself. That's, that's being a hypocrite, guys. We've all done that. I've done that too. I'm ashamed to say I've had to stand up here a couple times and say something, and I, will str- I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to apply it too. I mean, I, I hopefully I didn't give you the impression that I'm like killing it up here. I'm not batting a thousand, yo. I miss, okay, just so you know. I do. But so do we all do. And even if it's a little, we can't claim that we have none. But what's beautiful about God is that he sees it all and it's bigger than you think. And yet his love for you is greater. Listen, you can't fix a problem that you pretend doesn't exist. Neither can God. This is why I want to say, if you want to live this lie... You're suffocating. But die to that lie and live. And for some of you, it's going to start with dying to the lie and believing this truth. That God loved the world that you hate. Can we be real there? God died. God sent his only son. For God so loved the world that this world just hates what's happening. Hates what they see. He loved it so much that he gave his only son. So at everybody who believes and seeks him would what? Live and not die. Live and not die. 
and that live is a sense of freedom and peace without fear. So some of you guys, you need to start believing in that. And once you believe in that, listen, justice and righteousness will flow. It's still flowing from the cross. The cross is the source of justice and righteousness. And when you claim God and when you look to Jesus, now you have that sense of being. You are now righteous even when you don't get things right all the time because it is the righteousness of Jesus that covers you. It is him now who defines you. You are in a right position with God right now when you believe in Jesus. You are a son and made a son and daughter of God and there's nothing that you can do that changes that. Listen, we presented baby Abby today. Baby Abby is not Georgie and Jennifer's daughter because she behaves like their daughter. All right, what's she do? Sleep, poop, and eat, right? That's it, right? She's their daughter not because she behaves like a daughter. Because if she did something that was the opposite, with that, with that hat now, is she stopping being? Will she stop being their child? No. Because that is a state of position. Her actions will never cancel out. She is always and will always be her daughter. When you are a believer in Christ Jesus, listen now. You are made righteous right now. And even when things don't go right, that action doesn't cancel the fact that you are still a son and daughter of God. When you believe and hold to Jesus, nothing not your rebellion, not your rejection, not your inconsistency. You are still a child. And because you are, that should lead you to just appreciate and run to this God more and more. And when that justice, when that righteousness is established, justice then will flow. It comes from Christ. And God will help you and empower you to be able to do things that you could not do alone. Like asking for forgiveness. Admitting something or even forgiving someone else. We said it a minute ago, right? Being hypocritical is pretending and pretending is exhausting. This God of armies is willing to set you free even from fatigue. He can set you free from fatigue. Just stop pretending. Acknowledge some of you guys are trying to fight a sin off and you just can't because you're doing it. It's like, no, I'm the God of armies. Let me flex. Let me flex. Let me be the one. You're, you're trying to fight my battle for you, and I'm here fighting you. Get out of the way, man. Get out of the way so I could show you. Just seek me. Look to me. Turn to me, and I will fight your battles. I fight for you. And, now, and you will live. You will win. You will overcome this one thing. You will be able to overcome this wound, that thing that you never saw you can never get over. If he overcame death, he can overcome, and you in Christ can overcome whatever is inside, whatever that void is. He says, this is just me. Just seek me and you will live. And God will even set you free from fatigue. Jesus even said it too. Are you tired? Come to me and I'll give you rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. And so I want to talk to all the hypocrites in the house online and here. All the hypocrites in the house, listen up. I'm going to make the same invitation to you that Amos said to the people. Meet your God. Here he is. Meet your God. Let me introduce you to this God. This God is serious. This God is mighty. This God deserves respect. But this God fights for you. And we, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that. This God, this God fights for you to the point that he has defeated sin and death. There's nothing else standing between you and victory other than just you. 
That's it. So to all the hypocrites in the house, come on, stop pretending. Stop pretending like everything's going to be okay. Stop pretending you didn't do that. You don't got that issue. You don't got the situation. Stop pretending. God sees it. He's not playing this game. He knows it. He can help. He can set you free from that fatigue, set, cut you free from that bond and that bondage. All you got to do is just reject the lie and lay claim to the truth of God and be free in Jesus' name. That's it. That is the God that you and I can meet today and every, every single day. Die to that lie so you can live. That's what God wants. He doesn't want you to live a lie so you can die in that sin. No, die to that lie. Recognize, own up to it, and live. Now, that living is, is one of joy. You know, and God, this warrior God is fighting for you to break you free from the fatigue of carrying the burden of sin and death or the sin of, uh, you know, the burden of unforgiveness. And so many of those wounds, he has won this for you. And this is the God I want you to meet, not only today, but every single day. When you wake up in the morning, there is your God. You have an opportunity to meet with him whenever, whenever, wherever there he is. This God is greater than you can ever imagine. And so I want to challenge you this week to be a little more honest and open. Don't pretend. That's what hypocrites do. They pretend. Don't pretend that you just didn't say that. Don't pretend you didn't hurt somebody's feelings. Don't pretend that you just messed up. No. Own up to it. Own up to it with God and make it right with that person. All right? Challenge you. Watch. You do that and watch this week be different because that's what revolutionaries do. They are open and honest with their face towards God. All right? Follow through. Follow through. There's hope for hypocrites like me and you. That's the amazing God that we have.